God is trying to figure out what is going on. God is taking him, if you can kind of picture in your mind, just kind of having Ezekiel kind of float, and he kind of sees all this valley of dry bones. He sees a valley. It wasn't a little valley. It was an open valley. It was very wide, and they seen bones, but these were not fresh bones. These were not men that, that have been wounded in battle, but these bones were very dry. There was no way, no, no how. There's nothing in the human mind that would tell you that these bones had any life left inside of them. So Ezekiel being a man of God, when, when God says, Son of man, can these bones live? He was so full of faith that he said, God, thou knowest. Now, I don't know about you, but I would think Ezekiel could say, Oh, God, whatever. Oh, I believe because I believe in you, Jesus. Jesus, I know who you are. I believe these bones. But he said, God, thou knowest. To me, that gives me a little bit of that Ezekiel was human. That even though God was showing him these things, that he's like, ah, God, you know. I'm not, maybe I ain't got so much faith that I thought that I could speak. So Ezekiel was sitting here in this vision, and as he sees these dry bones, and God starts to deal with Ezekiel and speaking and, and trying to get Ezekiel not just to, to know God, but to speak by faith. This whole area, this whole scripture, this whole set is about speaking by faith. It's about speaking the things that you don't see. It's, it's about speaking about things that you don't feel. It's about understanding that when you speak by faith, that you initiate God and his power and his authority over your situation. Some of you today, you're sitting here and you're trying to figure out, how am I going to get through this test and trial when, when you have not invoked the name of Jesus over your situation? You, you don't speak by faith, you speak by facts. And the fact is, you ain't got enough money in your bank account, but faith says God's going to cover your bills. The, faith, the fact is, the doctor says you got a bad report, but when you speak by faith, you, be, you call God the great physician. I'm talking about speaking by faith today, and he's trying trying to get Ezekiel to understand that when you speak by faith and you proclaim the name of Jesus, that things can happen that you don't even know can happen. Ooh, I got a couple with me today. That's good. So verse 4. I'm, just, I'm going 1 through 10, but I'm going to break it up. Starting verse 4, it says again, he speaks to me, prophesy unto these bones and saying to them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and ye shall live. This is very important. This is an end result. Speaking by faith, we need to start speaking the end result. When we pray for people, when I pray for people, and I know the ministry of this church, when they pray for people, they don't say, God just, God touched the lungs. God just touched the, heal in the name of Jesus. Not, we, we don't just say, God, I want you to touch A, B, and C, but we go through the alphabet and get to the Z because when you pray, we start speaking by faith the end result. So he tells Ezekiel, I want you to speak of an end result, not the beginning. So the first thing he tells Ezekiel to speak is speak that the, the bones will have breath to enter into you and you shall live. And I will lay sin you upon you and bring up flesh upon you and cover your skin and breath and put breath in you and you shall live and you shall know that I am the Lord. So this is Ezekiel says, so I prophesied as I commanded and as I prophesied there was a noise and beheld a shaking and the bones came together bone to his bone. 
And when I beheld, lo, the sinews of the flesh came upon them. And the skin covered about them, but there was no breath in them. When God was speaking to Ezekiel, and even though Ezekiel spoke about the bone to bone and sinew and flesh and the breath of life entering in, God had to build up the body before he could put the breath into it. God cannot put breath into something that will not hold it. God cannot breathe his breath into something that does not have lungs. So what God was doing to these bones as Ezekiel was prophesying to him, it was he was putting everything into order. He was putting the leg bones together and the ankle bones together. He didn't have the shoulder down at the hip and he didn't have the hip on the belly button. He, God was putting things into order. You wonder why some things have not been put into your life and you don't see the end result. Is God is still trying to build you up. God is trying to put some things into order. God is trying to put some things into, into the right position. You wonder why some things in your marriage is not correct the way God wants it is. It's maybe you got a joint out of place. Maybe your leg is not right. God is trying to build you up. God is trying to put you in order. He had to put the body in order. I don't know how many science nerds we have in here to talk about the body. I don't. I don't know. My body hurts. That's all I know. But I know that if they take a bone out of your foot, there's not too many places they could put it else in your body. That when God created you, he created your legs to be right and the bones and the knee bone and the hip bones. And I don't even know the song about what bones and all that are put together. But we must understand before God can bless you and God can bless the church or some things that need to be put in order. The bones were standing there. They were bone to bone, sinew, muscle, flesh, skin. All of these things were put in order. The city even said the skin covered them from above. There was, there was skin and layers of, uh, there was complete bodies there. They were standing there, but all of a sudden, you can still see that there wasn't something that was complete. See, God, if, if God hasn't gotten you to your end result, God is not done with you. Brother, I've been praying for years. God is not done with you. I've been dealing with this a long time. God is not done with you. If God has not gotten you to the point of the end of the prophecy, God is not done with you. So don't give up. Let God work on you. Stop, letting, stop fighting God when he's trying to, to maneuver some things around. You know what? The valley of dry bones was covered in dirt and dust and rocks. And, and I believe, and this is my thinking, this is the, the book of Danny Hampshire. But I believe that when he put those bones together, he had to wipe away some of that dirt and dust. Because there were some things on those bones that didn't belong on those bones. So when he was going to put it back inside the body, there's some things that... We got to let God move some things out of our lives. There's some dirt and some dust and some rocks that can cause issues if they're inside of our body. Maybe there's some people, maybe there's some situations that you got to get out of your system before God can make you whole again. Because God's not going to add to the body what doesn't need to be in the body. And if it doesn't need to be there, we got to stop fighting God. But we got to allow God to remove some things from our lives. 
we get so we 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 get so used to having that rock in our shoe, Pastor, that we just kind of get things out of the way and we just keep walking. And, and every so often that rock gets, we've all done this. We don't want to tie our shoe again. We don't want to bend over, so we just move that rock out of the place. The rock is not supposed to be in the shoe. So we need to stop walking with a rock in our shoe, take our shoe off and get it out. There are some things when God is building you back, that's why. That's why when you, when you get out of the worldly life and you came into church, you stopped having friends. My wife can contest. When I met my wife, we weren't in church. I had the party house. We would lie to our friends so they wouldn't come over so we didn't have anybody at our house. Me and my buddy had an apartment. Am I right? Man, you guys, nah, man, we got to go to the store tonight, dude. I don't want anybody, you know, we got We'd sit at the house and watch sports or something. I've been in church 20 years. I've talked to one of my buddies. 20 years. And I see him every, every few years. I lost all my friends. But you know what? God put me in a place he wanted me to be in. He removed the trouble out of my life. But I had to look. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't fight God on that. You don't want him in my life? That's fine, God. Hey, buddy. See you later. We ain't going to do the same thing we used to do. There's some things. Maybe it's people. To me, it was people. Maybe it's a place. Maybe it's things that you do. Maybe it's something you get yourself into. There's just something that God is trying to remove you out of because there's some things that he needs to remove to get you into the proper place that he can't completely bless you. So we now have the bones. We now have them bone to bone. He puts sinew, muscles, and, and all of this stuff together, and you've got bodies that are standing there. And then we go to verse 9 and 10, and he says, Then said unto me, he unto me, Prophesy unto the wind, prophesy, son of man. Say to the wind, Thus saith the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me. And breathed, and breath came into them, and they lived and stood to their feet an exceedingly, exceedingly great army. I need somebody to understand right now that you are not just a seat filler. You are not just a person that does something. You're not, just, you're not just a singer on the praise team. You're not just a musician. You're not just a Sunday school teacher. You're not just a media person. You're, you're not the one that's just the person that opens up the door. But my God, you're a part of an exceedingly great army. And he's trying to get you in order. He's trying to get the army of God in place to fight the next battle. We're trying to, he's trying to get the church to understand uh, there's some things that had to be kicked out of the church. Uh, there's some things that had to be let go out of the church uh, because he is trying to build up. You can't have dust and dirt. You can't have rocks and stems inside of your body. It will cause you problems. He had to release some things out of the church so he could build up an exceedingly great army. I'm talking to you, my friends. I'm talking to you, my sisters. I'm talking to you, my brothers. You are not just a seat filler. You're an exceedingly great army of God. And he's trying to get the breath of life in you to understand that you may have been knocked down, but you'll never be knocked out. He may... 
There was not a single source of life in that valley. There was not a single son that Ezekiel could stand there and say, hey, that person might live. Hey, that person might work out. We need to go save them. He looked down and he said they were exceedingly dry. There was no life left in that bones. But I'm telling you, God does not see you as people see you. God does not look down and say, oh, you're too gone. You're too lost. You've been too done. You've been too far. I can't save you. All you got to do is speak the words of God and start prophesying over your situations. Thus saith the Lord, because he is life and he has it more abundantly. I'm trying to get you to understand your situation today is not your gravestone. The problems you're dealing with is not your life sins, but you got to allow God to breathe his breath of life into you. And you got to let God remove some things and get you to that place that you need to be at so he can create an exceedingly great army so you can go out into Muncie, Indiana and fight the devil and fight the pit to hell and bring them and save them because that's why God has brought you here today. We must understand, as they stood there, they stood there, Ezekiel saw, as far as the eye could see, men. Sorry, ladies. This was written a long time ago, so don't get upset with me. As far as the eye could see in this valley. It's a miracle. Because the first thing Ezekiel saw was dry, dead bones. And after speaking a few things, there stands bodies. That's a miracle. That's a miracle right there, too. It's my buddy. It's my buddy. But listen. Watch this. Ezekiel saw a miracle as we see the miracle. But God said, I'm not done yet. I came from a, I left the church, I gave my testimony last weekend. I left the church willingly, got into drugs and alcohol, that God brought me back. That's a miracle. Because I can give you names of about 20 guys I used to hang out with that didn't. They're still stuck in it. But you know what God said? God said, nah, I'm not done with you. And I got the calling to preach and to minister. I've preached around the world. I've preached all over the country. And I'm standing here today, not because I'm special, not because of my name, not because of who I know and don't know. It's because a long time ago, God said, not only am I going to get rid of some things out of your life, and I'm going to put you in a position, but I've got an end result that you don't know about yet. Now, I don't know what my end result is. I'm just along for the ride. So don't think. Don't think just because he's brought you out of some situation that you're just sitting here for no good reason. God's got a purpose and a plan for your life. And if you've not felt it and you don't know what it is yet, God still has a purpose because he's still working in his prophecy. Now, I'm not going to pull anybody out, and I'm not, I'm not claiming to be the prophet or anything, so just hear my spirit on this. But we need to, start, need to start speaking some things in our lives. But it was when the breath of life entered into the bones that they became a living soul. If you need the Holy Ghost, 
Yes, you have to have the Holy Ghost to go to heaven. If you need the Holy Ghost, you need to get it now. Because when you, we are completed, when the Spirit, when the breath of God comes in. Sitting here all pretty and all handsome in your three-piece suit. That's cool. It's better than sitting on the bar stool. But you need the power and authority of God in your life. You need the Spirit of the Holy Ghost to overshadow you. So today, don't walk out of here. If you need the Holy Ghost, God can give it to you with a gift. We'll deal with that in a little bit. I've read something. This was years ago, and I love this story. Mathematician and meteorologist Edward Norton Lorenz had what was called the butterfly effect. It is an ideal that a small things can have nonlinear impact on a complex system. The concept is imagined as a butterfly flapping its wings could cause a typhoon on the other side of the world. He believed that a small amount of wind the butterfly's wings would produce could change the direction of wind and over time grow to the magnitude that it could cause major storms. This is part of a complex theological system that is called the, the theory of chaos. But this man, as a mathematician and meteorologist, believed that a, a butterfly's wings in the middle of Kansas as it flapped could change the direction just minutely enough that it would kind of build and build and build. And his theory was that it could build up to the point that over in, in Thailand or the Philippines that it would cause so much and it would build up so much that it could cause a typhoon or it could cause uh, major damage in the other part of the world because it would take so long, but this almost a domino effect, one would fall and the nether would fall, and all of a sudden it would get bigger and bigger and bigger. But I love this application because uh, as I had you stick your hand in front of your face and you just spoke the name of Jesus, or if you cry out to Jesus, you could feel your breath, that just that little bit can cause chaos to the devil. The Bible says they tremble. The devils tremble at the mention of his name. So as the devils come in, they have a plan. But when we speak the name of Jesus, we start to cause chaos. Because the devils say, oh, no, what am I supposed to do now? They just invoke power that I don't have. They invoke, they invoke something greater than I am. How can I, how can I torment them when they call upon the name of Jesus? I need some of y'all to understand this right now. There's more power in the name of Jesus than you got in your own mind. Stop talking to Dr. Google. Stop looking at Brother Google. Claim the name of Jesus and see what happens. Google ain't got nothing on my Jesus. The, de the devil can control Google. The devil can't stop Jesus. But there's too often we want to go under our own understanding without invoking the name that is above all names. You wonder why there's power in the name of Jesus because there's nothing on this earth can stop the creator. But we sit back and think, oh, what am I going to do? How am I going to handle this? What can I do? Uh, I've got the bones of bone and I've got the sinew. But until you invoke the name of Jesus, you ain't got the breath of Jesus in you. 
Until you invoke the name of Jesus, you don't have the power to overcome this world. Until you invoke the name of Jesus, you're not a part of an exceedingly great army. You're just a man. You're just a woman standing out in the great open field, just standing there wondering, what am I going to do now? What am I going to do next? He brought me out of the dirt of the miry clay. But until you're a part of the kingdom of God, until you're part of the exceedingly great army of God, you have no power or authority. But it all comes with the winds. The winds of change. If you look up that de- definition, give me about five more minutes. The definition of the phrase winds of change are forces that have power to change things. Used generally to mean change is going to happen. The winds of change have begun to blow. Okay, the winds of change. Something's going to happen. We speak the name of Jesus, things happen. Speaking by faith, Ezekiel spoke to dry, dead bones and said, you're going to come to life. He spoke by faith before he saw the results. Lorenz said a little bit of wind can cause chaos around the world. I'm not even going to give you the scripture for this. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled all of the house where they were sitting and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like of the fire, and it set upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. I'm talking about the greatest chaos theory there ever was. That on the day of Pentecost, there was 120, and all they were doing was praying, and they were invoking the name of Jesus. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, there was a sound of a mighty rushing wind, and it changed the world. Even as we stand here today, the greatest winds of change happened on the day of Pentecost. And I need somebody to understand that when we invoke the name of Jesus, we are invoking the greatest change of our lives. Every situation, test, and trial it happens on the day of Pentecost. I need some of you, y'all don't know what I'm talking about right now because you just don't believe that when you call upon the name of Jesus, things happen. I'm telling you, the devil lost his battle on the day of Pentecost because there was a mighty rushing wind and they were filled with the Holy Ghost. They were filled with that breath. They were filled with the breath that Ezekiel was speaking about on the day of Pentecost. And when you start speaking in that heavenly language, maybe, just maybe, there's a spirit of God that flows out of your mouth. And all of a sudden, your situation can start changing. Your your life can change. The direction of your life can change. The situations in your schools can change. Situations in your relationship can change. I'm talking about there's change when you release the winds of God in your life. But we got to have an understanding that we have that power with us. Oh, come on. Let's praise him right now. Come on. 
Some of y'all, I'm, I'm preaching my guts out right now, and you're trying to figure out what you're having for lunch. I'm trying to help you change your life. I'm trying to get you to understand the power and authority that is in the winds of change. And some of you are worried about tonight. We need you to understand that there's change that can happen in your situation right now. But you've got to let the winds blow. Come on, if you got the Holy Ghost, start speaking it. If you want to, maybe you need to start prophesying over your own situation. We need to start speaking faith right now over your situation. Come on, come on. I'm finishing up right now. I'm going into the altar call right now because I believe this church that we can build up enough breath. Brother Bailey, your youth group can be youth group. You can build up enough breath. Elders, there's still breath inside of you. You need to start speaking it out right now. Just because you're not ministering doesn't mean God's done with you. But I believe right now as the church that we can bring the winds of change to heritage apostolic tabernacle and we can see things start to change around here. We can see the, start seeing the blessings of God happen around here. Maybe you start fi mm. Maybe you sit on the pew because it's the only thing you do. Maybe today's the winds of the Holy Ghost can blow through and you start feeling life coming back into you and you start feeling the health coming back into you. I know this is going to sound funny, but the greatest sickness you can have is death. But death was not stronger than the blessings of God. You may sit here and believe that you're spiritually dead, but just one mention of his name causes enough breath to come out of your mouth that you can cause a little bit of chaos to the enemy. And when that enemy tries to step up to you and cause another little... Another little urge for you to leave. Another urge for you to sit down. Another urge for you to walk out and not come back again. That name, that little, that little wind can cause enough change to happen that all of a sudden you can feel yourself get put back into place. Some of y'all look alive, but you're out of place. Some of y'all look good, but you don't feel good because you're out of place. Yes it's, yes, it's physical, but there's some, there's some spiritual things and there's some mental things that, that you've allowed to come in like the rocks and the dust of the valley. That's not supposed to be in you right now. You need to just let God wipe them clean. Because there's some things in your body that's in your mind that shouldn't be there that God wants to get out to make you perfect. Because when God speaks, he speaks perfection. When God built those, he didn't, he, didn't, he didn't put another shin bone on a different body. But when he created this man, I'm going to use pastor friend. When he started creating and building back up his body, he didn't have to go find a, a shin bone from over here. He knew every bone that was supposed to be inside of his body. When God, God is trying to work on you, he's not, going to, he's not trying to put somebody else in you. He's trying to build you up to be who you are supposed to be. So don't look at your neighbor and say, I'll never be like them. I want to be like him. You need to say, I want to be who God has created me to be. Because when God, God's creation is perfect. 
when God prophesied and, he, and his eagles started prophesying, he, he was speaking perfection. And that's what I'm trying to get, to get you guys to understand. This church was not created by man. This church was created by God. And God is, you want to have a perfect church? Come in and worship God every service and stop worrying about what man says. I'm going to end with this, and we're just going to, we're just going to cut loose. If you don't want to do this, you're, you're dismissed right now. Go home. Get out of here. But it was said, which is spoken by the prophet Joel, and it shall come to pass in the last days. Saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. All means all. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. You don't have to be the preacher, man. You don't have to have a minister's license in your wallet to start speaking things of faith. Your young men shall see visions and your own men shall dream dreams. Come on, elders, you ain't done yet. This is not a young person's church. If you've got breath inside of you, whether you're 8 or 80, this is your church. This is your God. This. Come on, I need somebody to agree with me. This is my church. I don't care how old you are. This is my church. I don't care who you are, what position you have. This is my church. We got to have that understanding. This is my church, Sister Amy. This is your church. Brother Beta, your church. Because God said in the last days, I'm going to pour out my spirit upon all flesh. All means all. You're going to be able to speak by faith, young and old. And all my servants and hey means will I pour out of those in the days of my spirit and they shall prophesy. I want somebody right now as they start to worship and they start to sing some, just start speaking over your situations. Maybe you want to start a ministry and you don't feel it going anywhere. Start speaking against that right now. God has laid a burden on some hearts and you're too, you, you just don't know where to go with it. And you're letting it die in a valley. Start speaking against it and let God resurrect it. Some of you, you're, you're walking in here, but you're running out of, you're running out of time. You, maybe next week's the last service you're going to plan on being here. Maybe today's the last service you think you're going to be here because the things out there are harder. And you just, you're, just, you're just so tired. Speak against that right now in the name of Jesus. Start prophesying that your joy will be restored, that your peace will be restored, that your salvation will be restored. Come on, every hand raised. I believe the joy of the Lord is in this service because when you speak his name, the devils tremble. There's no fear on our end when they're scared of us. There's no, there's no losing on our end when we provoke the name of Jesus because he has never lost a battle. But I need you to understand, my friend, there's some winds of change that are happening in this church and it's happening to you and I, but we must start to believe in it. You may not understand it. You may not be able to see it. But I'm telling you right now that God is in control, that God is on the scene. Just start speaking faith and let God do what he does best. Come on, let's pray in the Holy Ghost right now. Walk the aisles. Do whatever you got to do to get yourself out of the valley of dry bones right now. Because God...